Hi everyone, this is Ben Guest, and today's conversation is with Dune Roshin. Dune is the creator and host of the podcast Female Startup Club, which is a top 10 podcast in the entrepreneurship category. And I helped Dune with the final stages of publishing and then marketing and promoting her book, Your Hype Girl, which she released in March and hit number one in a bunch of categories, was the number 55 overall best-selling paperback book in Australia. Dune's Australian, but currently lives in, in England. And ended up with her being invited to Buckingham Palace to meet Prince Charles. So in this interview, we talk about all the steps we took to promote her book and the actionable items to make it a number one bestseller in multiple categories. And also, kind of as an outgrowth of that project, a few other people have contacted me about helping helping them with their book launch or even other aspects of writing and editing their book. And so I'm now launching a book consulting business and you can find that at benguest.net where I have all the services I offer testimonials, my rates, etc. And essentially, Dune was my first client. So enjoy our conversation. Dune, great to see you. It's good to see you too, Ben. So your hype girl has been out in the world. How successful was your launch? Oh my gosh, it has been out in the world since... When did we launch it? March? It's been a while. March, April, May, June, July, August, five months. Wow, that's crazy. So how did it go? I would say it was pretty damn successful. For me personally, I wanted that offline experience to give to my audience, give to my community and have that kind of thing that's out there physical that I could ship to people and hold. And so for me, success was literally just number one, getting that out in the world and having that thing. So obviously tick. I also was thinking about what success was to me in terms of I wanted to hit bestseller list on Amazon for the categories that I really cared about. And the categories that I really cared about were women in business, e-commerce, maybe like small business or something like that. And then they were the ones that I cared about, but I was also like, we'll see, because I obviously had no benchmark against what I had done before because it was totally new to me. Yeah, it went better than expected. I hit all the bestseller categories that I wanted to and so many others. I hit them, I think, day of for some of them. I hit women in business day of and I had estimated based on like our talking that could take three months, maybe chipping away. So I was like really stoked with that. And I think the things that I didn't expect to come from it were the success in terms of speaking opportunities and the opportunities that came out of having the book out in the world. So last week, I spoke to the women at JP Morgan about my journey and the book and entrepreneurship in general. I landed a gig work sitting on an investment committee to be part of this new fund that's launching in Australia, which is going to be funding women founded tech companies that are in like impact and purpose-driven sectors. And so that has just been so wild. It also led to, I won Young Australian Achiever of the Year um, from the High Commissioner of Australia, which led to me going to Buckingham Palace and meeting the future King of England. All these things rattled off the back end 
of the book, which I hadn't put in my goals to begin with, but it really was like, whoa. When I take a step back now and I look at that, I'm like, damn, that's cool. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool. And I think the other thing that I probably expected to happen, but didn't realize how amazing it is, which I should know because I already get a thrill from getting DMs from my community in general, but still seeing the power of the book out in the world. So people sending me a message of how it's impacted them, why they're loving it, sharing about it on social media, like that, that feeling is just priceless. It's so cool. So yeah, those are the kind of goals that I had. I wasn't looking at it as a, a revenue driver for me, which I think is a really hard goal to have if you are going to be an author, especially like first time. But yeah, that, that wasn't a goal for me. So much of what we do is in the digital world, podcasts and Zoom meetings and social media and so forth. But one of the first things you mentioned was having the physical book in your hand. Can you talk about the first time you held it, leafing through it, what the difference between something you're working on digitally and having a physical copy in your hands? Oh my gosh. I recorded the moment that I opened the final copy and I have my dog on my lap and it's this video where I'm just so happy and bubbling over with emotion because I was like, wow, I actually did this. I made this book and this book is now out in the world impacting thousands of other women, thousands of other business owners, future business owners. How cool is that? So we connected through the trends group on Facebook. And I think when we, you had pretty much had the manuscript finished, I just published my book and I'd written up sort of a list of, okay, here's what worked well for me in terms of publishing and marketing. And then we connected. And so I helped guide you through that, the marketing and promotion phase, publishing, marketing, promotion. And then of course that led to a whole bunch of more opportunities. And now I'm launching my book consulting business, but it all started from you and I connecting on trends group. And you shout mentioned out trends, <laughs> shout out to trends, love trends, so many great opportunities and people on that group. And you mentioned that your book hit multiple bestseller categories on Amazon, but let's not undersell it. You hit number one and you're the number one category that we talked about. I think the first time we talked was women in business. That was the category that was the goal. Okay, this is a big category. It's tied directly to what your book is about and what your life is about. And not only did you hit the bestseller list, you hit number one. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We also hit maybe like a week later or maybe a few days later, we hit top 55 of all paperback books in Australia. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is wild. But yeah, it's crazy. And I think for me, we started the marketing plan two months out or maybe three months out. And I would say that was a, a fine amount of time. Like maybe three months is the optimal and two months is like the absolute minimum. Somewhere mm -hmm. in there is the sweet spot in terms of putting a lot of your energy and effort into drumming up the interest, drumming up your hype girls who are going to support you and cheerlead and shout for you. Yeah. It, amazing. Can't believe that I hit number one <laughs> in all those categories. So wild. So let's break it down in terms of marketing. What were the best strategies that you implemented? I would say there's three things that I did really well. One 
is harder for the everyday person to achieve. And that's obviously because I have an inbuilt community. So I have a podcast, I have social channels, things like that. And I was pumping that message there. They were obviously aware of that. My audience was aware of the book coming out for so long. And then in the lead up, it was every single episode dropping it in wherever I could. And so I already knew that people were really excited from my audience. But besides that kind of piece of the puzzle, the two other main things that really made a difference and shifted the needle was TikTok and hand-to-hand combat. And I'll break down both of those. When it came to TikTok, my approach was for the three months leading up, I doubled down on content creation organically. So I was posting three times a day. I was talking about the book. I was talking about Female Startup Club. I was just pushing out that content. And it's a lot, even three videos is a lot per day. And, you know, we grew a lot in that time as well. So when the book came out, there was, again, more of an audience who were ready to buy and ready to be excited and ready to get involved. And again, it's one of those things I think people often lean straight towards paid marketing or kind of this magic pill, but actually it's not the money you need to invest. It's the time you need to invest to create valuable content that's exciting and gets people excited authentically about what you're doing. And so TikTok for me on the organic side was really important. I was creating a lot of content. And then I also partnered with a lot of TikTok or not even a lot. I think it was like 10 influencers ranging from micro influencers, a thousand, 2000, 3000 followers, then like some medium to large size, a few hundred thousand followers, right up to one TikTok person who had about 3 million followers. And so That all came out on launch day, along with everyone that we were rallying on TikTok and all of our content as well. And I think like it just created a really happy buzz on TikTok. And looking back, like I tried a number of different things. I tried PR that didn't work for me. I just didn't, I wasted a lot of time peddling that it didn't come to fruition. I got a few good things. I got a feature in Refinery, which was absolutely amazing, but I peddled a lot to get not a lot of return. And TikTok was one of those things where looking back, it's hard to see, obviously with Amazon, you're not able to own your customer data. You're not able to see the traffic, where it's coming from, all that kind of stuff. But anecdotally, I could see people in the comments on the videos of the influencers that were posting being like, just ordered my copy. So I was able to see that real-time feedback from people who were supporters. And then the second thing that worked really well for me, again, which was a time investment versus a money investment was just hand-to-hand combat. And so what I did was I went through absolutely every single thing that I could to make a list. I like made this huge spreadsheet of everything. I went through my entire emails and went through and found every single person I knew that had a newsletter, who could be a potential newsletter to spread the word, any kind of email focused community, I wrote that on a list. I went through everyone in my Facebook friends. Who do I know in here that could either shout about it, could introduce me to someone who has a community of their own on Facebook, put that in. 
put that in the list. Also did this for Facebook groups. What Facebook groups am I a part of? Can I reach out to the admin owner? Can I ask them if I can provide some value, give a talk, provide some resources in return for promotion about the book? I went through every single like WhatsApp conversation and I listed out all of my friends who are going to be happy to shout about me on social media or my friends of friends. I asked them if they would tell their friends. I think on the day I had a group of my core best friends in a WhatsApp group and I asked them to send it to five people that they thought would love the book. And so everyone was becoming my hype girl. I also made lists of like podcasts that podcasters that I knew. I tried to think about who do I know, even if it's really far disconnected and not my like direct community, who has a community that I could call in that favor. And this is why networking and relationship building is so important because the day that you have something that you need to have people rallying for you, you're able to knock on that door and be like, hey, today's the day I need some help. Can you help me? And I, yeah, I just went through everything. LinkedIn, Instagram, I just made tons of lists. And then I just had a column where it was like their name, how I'm going to reach out to them on what channel. And have I reached out to them and then the follow-up and I just started sending like messages, obviously super personalized, literally one-to-one. Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'd love to see if you could help me, whether it was through a paid shout out or whether it was through just organic, like whatever it might be, but like figuring out, depending on the relationship, what made sense. And that seriously was what I attribute a lot of the success too, because I just did one by one. I was not going for a mass approach with things like paid ads where you're just like spraying money at a wall and seeing what sticks and like trying to find that audience. I was going to directly like audiences that I already knew and just telling them what I was up to and seeing if there was something that we could do together. One of the things that both you and I didn't do was paid advertising on Amazon ads, Facebook ads, et cetera. You and I, we focused on organic, authentic word of mouth. That's the best kind of marketing promotion you can have. And it's so fun talking to you now. So obviously I know us working together from my side. And I remember sending you after I think our first conversation, I put together a checklist, a spreadsheet checklist that I share with you on Google Docs and then just for the listeners, every couple of weeks, I'd check in and see where Dune was on the checklist and what she checked off. And the tabs kept growing and everything that you're just describing, <laughs> you had it all laid out on that checklist and you kept adding more tabs. Okay, these groups I'm going to reach out to, this community I'm going to reach out to, these people I'm going to reach out to, these podcasts. And you just had it all laid out on the checklist. When you sent me the checklist, I was like, great, this is the beginning of the master checklist and the master kind of plan because you house everything in one document and it just becomes your like, here is what you need to do every single day, chipping away. And I had all of your things to do on that first tab that I was just able to go through and follow and slowly chip away at over the three months or two months or whatever. And then I had all of the launch party plans, communities, pricing, what I'd spent, everything else, just everything related to the book lived in that one document. And it's so, I even did my recap in there as well, where I afterwards went through and put in all the press that we'd received. And not that it was a lot, but we received the refinery article, a few smaller pieces of press and all the TikTok videos and things like that recap. So I'm always able to just go back and 
immediately be like, oh yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happened. And it's also good for when you're doing like your wrap up, not that I did a report for myself because I absolutely didn't, but when you look back at all the different initiatives you did, unless you have everything clearly mapped out and in one place, it's pretty easy to forget what you did. And even before this call, I just opened up the document to be like, yeah, what did I do? That was five months ago. I forget. So yeah, that checklist was, I love a checklist makes life very easy when you have a great checklist that's created from an expert. And the cool thing about it is now that you have that checklist, now you have a plan for the next book. Oh, 100%, 100%. And exactly, you're right. I added notes to it. I would know next time, like things that I added in along the way. Yeah, it's mandatory, I would say. TikTok is the new thing for selling books. So let's dive into that a little bit. The reality of TikTok is the more time you put into it, the more you get out of it 100%. So when I was posting three times a day, I was growing really quickly because of course I'm on there three times a day, like pushing new styles of content, trying new different things, really being like there when people open their app all the time, basically. Whereas now I only post once a day and I can see that's slowed my growth down, but TikTok has been really instrumental actually in being a discovery channel for my podcast. So I always ask if someone leaves a kind message in my Instagram DMs or on email or on LinkedIn or on TikTok and says, oh my God, I love your show or I love your podcast. I always reply and somewhere in that reply, how did you find the show? And actually a lot of the time it's through organic SEO or podcast recommendations like in the apps but the other way that people often say is tiktok what are your tips for authors using tiktok to raise awareness for their books what are my tips so if you're new to tiktok and you haven't got any experience on the platform and you might be someone who is a little insecure about putting your face on the camera and like this new style of creating content and things like that. I totally get it. I definitely felt like that in the beginning. It took me a while to get used to it. So first of all, my tip would be just to consume a lot of content that is around your niche. So if you are writing chiclet and you have a lot of authors that you look up to, go and see if those authors are on TikTok or even if it's that not linked to your niche, but go and find people who are authors just in general and look up what they're doing. And you can do that by searching the hashtags. There's lots of book talk, book recs, book recommendation. And often there are lots of trends around different books that are going around at the moment or the, the way that people display their books on TikTok. So I would do a lot of research. I would then spend some time just creating like 50 30 to 50 drafts and not even putting pressure on yourself to post them, but just to get comfortable, get familiar and get into the groove of how you feel and look and sound on video. And then there are so many like small little tips that you can do with TikTok. For example, one that I heard recently, and I'm sure this stuff changes all the time, but one that I heard recently is if you're going to start a TikTok account, you should immediately start posting explosively the day that you start your account, not tomorrow, not 10 weeks from now. So for example, when I tell you to do 50 drafts, do that on a dummy account. Don't use that as your main account. And then the day that you're ready to start your account, that's the day that you start posting 
minimum three times a day and you give yourself like a 30 day challenge and you just go all and you've already got your list of content that you have found online. What you can also do is look for viral videos that have already got a proven kind of like method to how they look and try and recreate that video, take inspiration from it, make it your own, but you can see why things have gone viral and take those kind of like learnings from that video when you're consuming and researching. And then I would also say what you can do on TikTok is you go to like the search bar and if you were to search like something really specific, like not even something specific, let's say BookTok, all the top performing videos will come up at the top and you can even filter it so that you filter it by most liked and in the last three months, and then you'll get the most viral videos related to that. And then you can build a bit of an idea around, oh yeah, I can actually create that kind of content. That would work for me and my style and like what I like, or, oh, I can see why that worked. I could take elements of that and build a bit of a content strategy so that when you are like gearing up to launch and you're like, yep, I've got the time carved out every single day, or I'm going to batch record every weekend so that I have my 15 video or however many it is for the week. And then just the day that you're ready to start that day, get it all out for 30 days or three months. And you mentioned something there that's so key, not for TikTok, but for any type of marketing and promotion you're doing for a book. And this is something that we talked about the very first time that we had a conversation, which is finding your pilot author, finding your comparable author in your comparable book and seeing what they're doing, what podcasts they're doing interviews on, what they're doing on their social media, what their cover of their book looks like, so on and so forth. And the first time that we talked, and I said, okay, what is a comparable book? Who is a comparable author to your book, which is your hype girl? And you referenced the book, How to Build a Goddamn Empire by Ali Kriegsman. And just getting ready for the podcast this morning, I clicked over to Amazon and checked out your hype girl on Amazon. And sure How's enough, it says frequently bought together. Your Hype Girl no way. and How to Build a Goddamn Empire by Ali Kriegsman. So you nailed the pilot author comparable of, I want the same audience as this book and this author. And now Amazon has picked that up and the algorithm has picked that up and they're matching the two of your books together. Oh my God, that's so cool. And why that's cool is mm. I really loved watching Ali bring out her book and we had her on the show when she launched the book. And so it's so funny that you say that now, knowing those books have still been managed to be linked somehow. I love that for me. <laughs> and cool. it's totally organic. That, that's yeah. the thing that's that we're so talking great. about. And for people listening to this podcast who are in whatever phase of writing, editing, publishing their book, the number one takeaway that I want or we want you to have is you do not have to do this alone. You're not on your own. People have gone before you and done this. So all you have to do, the number one takeaway is find that comparable author in that comparable book, see what they've done. And that's, you just fit in behind what they're doing. Now, yep. I want to be Reverse clear. Engineer it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Reverse engineer, like what are the levers that they have pulled that get them in front of audiences that are relevant to that book? And like, how can you rep? Exactly. 
And so I want to be clear, if you're writing, let's say you're writing a book in the horror genre, you don't say, okay, my comparable author is Stephen King, right? You don't pick the number one best-selling author in your genre. You pick someone that's more closely comparable. So the, the example I always use is right now I'm finishing up a book project with a retired NBA player, Scott Williams. He played on the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, won three championships, so on and so forth. And he played the position of power forward. So when we're looking at comparable authors, there's another power forward from the 90s, a guy named Charles Oakley, who just published a book last year. So now it's just tracking, okay, what are the interviews? What are the media hits? What are the tactics that Charles Oakley used in publishing his book? We don't go and look at, okay, when Michael Jordan published his book or Kobe Bryant published yeah. his book. or what You look at someone that's very nice, comparable in terms of who the person is, in terms of what the book is. Speaking Absolutely. of not having to do this on your own, so I am now, when this podcast interview drops, I'm also officially putting my shingle out there, Ben Guest Book Consulting. So if we ready could do a, for ready for <laughs> hire. And Dune has been great. You've already connected me with several people. And it's again, it's just all organic. It's all just word of mouth. And that's led to a couple of great projects that I'm currently working on. I hate doing this, but if we could do a little bit of promotion, what was it like working with me? Oh my gosh. First of all, I think your superpower is just making things really easy. Like you already know the blueprint, the strategy, you've got everything there. And you just fed that to me in a way that I was easily able to be like, great, like I'm busy. I don't have time for like lots of different things. You just gave me the list and I was able to like work my way through it. And I would say the number one thing was it was just so easy working with you, which was such joy, <laughs> such joy in my life. And then I would also say you're a great accountability buddy. You were like a cheerleader for me the whole way through. You made me feel really supported. You made me feel really good about myself and made me feel like I could totally achieve the things that I wanted to achieve. So accountability was second. And then I think also what was really important was if I just had a quick question, I would just come to you and you would have the answer. Like it was just so, it was just so easy. Like having that person that you can, instead of having to spend time researching and then you don't know if that's really the answer and then you need to ask five people their opinions, I could just be like, Ben, hey, <laughs> what do I need to do here? Yeah, I think like working with you was just absolutely amazing. And as I can't recommend you highly enough, I really loved the process and you made my life easy. You were my accountability buddy and you were just there when I needed support. <laughs> you were my support line. But yeah, I had the best time working with you. It was super fun. Thank you so much. And it was the same. It was just a joy working with you. And it, I can't tell people how enjoyable it is to work with someone and you have your plan and you follow your plan, you execute your plan, and then it succeeds and it even succeeds more. It's more successful than you even hoped and envisioned for, but it's all yeah. about just going back to those actionable items. I really think that's the key. It's not, okay, here's the plan and it's just reach out to some podcasts, right? It's okay. Have your comparable author, find five podcast interviews they did, what were the podcasts, what's the contact information, contact these five people.
people. Mm -hmm. Actionable item that takes all the mystery out of it. You know exactly what you need to do. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I think like the other thing is that you can often feel like, oh my God, how am I going to get up to the top of that mountain? That mountain's so high. That just feels like not attainable. But then when you've broken it down into all those tiny little steps, it's just the 1% every day that you need to aim for. You just need to tick mm -hmm. off one tiny thing or two tiny things. Or if you're in like a power mode, tick off 10 things. Great. Amazing. But it's that's why you give yourself that three-month window where you're just going to chip away every single day. And then when you look back, in hindsight, you're going to be like, wow, that really compounded because I did all the steps from three months out. And then I'm at the top of the mountain and I don't even know how I got here. It's really that 1%, 1% every day. You mentioned being invited to Buckingham Palace and meeting the future <laughs> King of England. And it was so cool seeing that on your social media. Do you tie that directly to the success of your book? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the it's just such a wild story. Because that was not on our list. <laughs> Definitely not on the list of goals going to Buckingham Palace. Yeah, that was so wild. Basically, the book came out. I had a feature go up on SohoHouse.com, which was like talking about the book, talking about entrepreneurship. And someone saw that and nominated me for the Young Australian Achiever of the Year Award in the UK. And when I received the email, I didn't know I was nominated or anything like that, but I received wow. an email to say I'd won this thing. And I was like, oh, that's not true. This is a lie. This is like spam or whatever. And then I like LinkedIn stalked a few people and I was like, oh, maybe this is like legit. And my family was out here being like, well, I don't think this is legit. You need to be careful. If it's Australia House, they'll be contacting you by mail. And I was like, I don't know. Anyway, it was all a bit weird. And even when we were going, they hosted this huge gala event and I had to get up and give a speech and there was hundreds of people there and the person who won Australian of the year was this amazing woman who she was the lead statistician who worked on Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine and it was just like even on our way there I was like maybe this is part of some big scam or boy <laughs> is this really real and then when we got there I was like oh it actually is really real and then the next thing that happened was after that, not too long after that, I got another email from the embassy because Australia House is the embassy of Australia in London. I got another message or another email from the assistant to the high commissioner asking if I would be happy for my name to be put forward, but they were very vague and it was something to do with the royals. And I was, again, just like, just shrugged it off, was like, oh, whatever. And then it was so weird. It was such a weird coincidence because on the Saturday morning at 6am, my husband and I were going to fly to New York for some like work stuff. And on the Friday afternoon, when we walked back into the apartment, we never check our mail because we have concierge where we receive like packages and stuff. We never check our actual letterbox. And I was like, oh, we haven't checked the letterbox in a while. Like we should just check it. When I open it up and it's like packed to the brim, and on the very top sitting there is a like letter from Buckingham Palace. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, because it had been like Jubilee weekend. And I was like, oh, I bet I've missed the event. I reckon it's I reckon I was invited to just like party at the palace or something. And like it's been it's already gone. 
And then I opened it and it was an invitation uh, basically around celebrating people who have contributed to culture and community within the UK. And as a result of, you know, what I've been building with Female Startup Club and being recognized as the Australian Young Achiever of the Year. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And it was for that week. And so I was about to fly the next morning. I would have missed it if I didn't check the, the letterbox because the event was then on Thursday. So I had to change my flight, went to Barkingham Palace and I went with Marin, who is the lead statistician who won Australian of the Year. And we just had the best time. It was so cool. I had a few moments with Prince Charles and we were talking about what I was doing with Female Startup Club and he was making some jokes about the Prince's Trust because he supports young entrepreneurs and ambitious young people through his organization. And it was just one of those moments that was so weird and so bizarre, so amazing. It was just such a thrill and yeah, had the best day and then flew to New York and I got to celebrate on a high in New York as well. What's Prince Charles like? What's one of the jokes he made? Oh my God. I can't even remember because I like froze. I can't remember the specific things that he said, but he was so charming. He, of course, royals, you expect them to be charming and you expect them to be lovely. But when I met him, I was like, wow, like he's just really, he deeply looks into your eyes and like really gives you the moment to have a little chat mm. and have a little joke. He's so charming and so warm and absolutely lovely. And Camilla was also just wonderful. She was so lovely and kind and very gracious. So yeah, it was really special. I couldn't have ever imagined that Female Startup Club would lead me to Buckingham Palace. It's so cool. We started yeah. at, the, at the top of the interview talking about the ancillary benefits of publishing a book and it leads to things like speaking gigs and just it's really an accelerator an accelerant for everything else that you're doing and in this case it led to being invited to Buckingham Palace now I can't promise you if you engage <laughs> me if you engage Ben Guest book consultant that you're going to get invited to Buckingham Palace but I can promise you that you will have a successful book launch. Yes. Everyone should hit you up immediately so they can get their, their own version of Buckingham Palace on the way. I love it. So you can find me at, again, this, the day this interview drops, my website goes live. It's benguest.net. That has all the services I offer, my rates, testimonials, including a wonderful testimonial from you, Dune. Dune, it's been absolutely a pleasure becoming friends over this past year, getting to know you and working with you on this project. And as I said, it's the reward that I get from seeing how successful this was. It can't be put into words, but it's just been an absolute pleasure working with you. Oh, thanks, Ben. You are just absolute joy. It's been such a pleasure working with you too. And I'm so stoked for this new phase for you and all that you're doing as well. It's so exciting. I'm going to be cheering for you. I'll be your hype girl. Love it. Love it. Love it. Please tell everybody the name of the book and where they can find you. Yes. The book is called Your Hype Girl. You can find it on Amazon or via my website, femalestartupclub.com. And you can find me at Dune Roisin, which is D-O-O-N-E-R-O-I-S-I-N in all the places. I'm on TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over the shop. So 
check in with me wherever you want. Always happy to give advice. Always happy to answer any follow-up questions. Always happy to just chat about what you're up to. Would love to. Fantastic. Dune, much continued success. And thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. So that was my conversation with Dune Roshin. I'm Ben Guest. You can find all of my work at benbo.substack.com. That's benbo.substack.com. Benbo is a family nickname, B-E-N-B-O. And as I mentioned in this interview, I've started a book consulting business. You can find my services and rates at benguest.net. That's benguest.net. Also have some of the books I'm currently working on, testimonials, etc. So I think everybody has a book in them, a story to tell. And if you're interested in telling yours, please reach out. You can find me at benguest.net. Have a great day.